0: Welcome to the Life Masterclass, our first service right in the Gateway. I strongly believe God has a word for every one of us this morning. I believe our week has been great, right? Has your week been? The month of September is going very fast. Hallelujah. And I'm so looking forward to the month of October. The month of October to December because of our 90 days of power. If you're a part of last year's 90 days of power, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you would also look forward to it. I believe that things are going to happen in the last 90 days of this year that, you know, will not happen or that may not happen. It's not even me. Things will happen in the last three months that will amaze you you know you'll be wondering why did god do this in the first nine months but you know it's because his word says better is the end of the thing than the beginning thereof and he has said that is a season of better days so i'd like you to say to your neighbor and say "Expect expect better expect better expect better hallelujah Alright, so in this first service all through the month of September, we've been um, talking about the strategies, biblical strategies for thriving in a dark world because there can be strategies from other places also. And so it's um, imperative that we are specific, right, and detailed in the strategies that we're talking about. So, we're referring to the biblical strategies for thriving in a dark world. And this morning, I want us to open two passages of scriptures. I want us to see, you know, um, from another dimension this morning before um, uh, I pick up from where I left off last week Sunday. Let's go to John 17. I know I mentioned this last week Sunday, right, John chapter 17, but I want us to see it for ourselves. Uh, Many years and no growing up one of the things i you know noticed was that a lot of christians were programmed right to um, not play a significant role in the world Right, Whether it was conscious, whether it was unconscious. But even the messages from the pulpit, oftentimes, were to prepare people mostly for the sweet by and by. It was to prepare people for the life after. And that's why, you know, over the uh, years, in the last 20 years, you see that in major, you know, uh, uh, positions of influence and power, believers are not there and it's simply because many of us have been erroneously taught right and what you are taught will determine how you think so many of us have been erroneously taught that god is not really interested right in what you do in the marketplace the role that you play in the world but i want you to see john 17 this morning verse 9 we're going to be reading from verse 9 john chapter 17 from verse 9 jesus these are the words of jesus right I, I think I told us, maybe this was on Wednesday at the Midweek retreat that John 17 is actually the Lord's Prayer. You know, this was a prayer that Jesus offered before, you know, uh, 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 he was crucified, right? So the Bible says here that Jesus was speaking. He said, I pray for them. The them he was talking about were his disciples, right? And everyone that would believe right on his word, and that he had been sent by the Father. The Bible says, Jesus said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me for they are mine and all are mine and thine are mine and I'm glorified in them and now I am no more in the world but these ones are still in the world and I come to you holy father keep through thine own name those you have given me that they may be one as we are while I was with them in the world I kept them in your name those that you gave me i kept and none of them is lost but for the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled and now i come to you and these things i speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves i have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world even as i am not of the world I pray not that you will take them out of the world, but that you shall keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through your truth. Thy world is truth. Now, let's read verse 18 together out loud. Let's go. As you have sent me into the world, even so, I also do what? send them into the world did you see that jesus said as you have sent me into the world now i'm also deploying this ones right i am sending them into the world i'm not trying to take them out of the world right and you see uh we need to understand that when we talk about world right we're talking about the system and the earth the systems of the world and the earth and just like I said moments moment earlier, what many of us have been programmed to do is to separate ourselves from the systems of the world. And you see, when you are separated from the systems, what eventually happens is that you will desire nothing but to leave the earth itself. But here, the Bible is making us to understand, according to the words of Jesus, that we have not just been sent to this world to make heaven. We have been sent into this world to go into the world that's why jesus said in matthew 5 right uh, i think verse uh, 13 to 15 he says you are the light of the world not the light of the church he said you are the salt of the earth your assignment your deployment is not within the four walls right of your uh, uh, stained glass buildings if we still use that in this age and time right i'm sending you into the system i'm sending you into the marketplace my goal is not to take you out my goal is to send you in. And so as believers, we are not talking about the anatomy of effective prayers. Praise God. Who is behind that system? So, I'm not trying to take you out of the world. I am sending you into the world. I'm sending you into the world. So, every believer must have that understanding. You must, you know, be so convinced. Because if you are still wondering, am I supposed to be here? Am I not supposed to be here? You cannot thrive in a system you are not sure whether you are supposed to be in. Now, I want us to see something very critical. In case somebody is wondering, you know, so how does that happen? 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. There's a particular man by the name of Naaman. You must have heard the story many times. Naaman was a general, right, in the Syrian army. Very influential man. But the Bible says that this guy had leprosy. But his servant, right, who was a Jewish girl, right, told him that if you go to Israel, there is a particular man of God that can heal you of your sickness. And so the Bible says, Naaman, listen to her. You must have heard the story, right? And eventually, God healed. But this was what happened. The Bible says from verse 15, let us, let's look at it, Second Kings chapter 5 from verse 15. The Bible says that Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. This was after he had been healed. They stood before him and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord leaves whom I serve, I will not accept any gift." And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Then Naaman said, all right, but please allow me to load two of my meals with the earth from this place. And I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never offer burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the god Rimon to worship there and leans on my arm, may the lord pardon me when I bow to. And Elisha said to him, go in peace. So Naaman went home again. Now, what happened here? Naaman eventually encountered the god of Israel. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to worship my high idol anymore. He said, I'm going to start worshipping, you know, the god of Israel. Boy, you see, um, I'm trying to, you know, create a so that you understand what happened here. So he said to Elisha, he said, boy, you have to pardon me in this thing now. He said that because he was under the old covenant and he didn't understand God's ultimate purpose. He said because this was someone that was close to the king. Anywhere the king went, it would go. So he said, sir, you would have to pardon me in this thing. That when I go to worship with my king, because my king has not encountered what I encountered he said when he bows i also have to bow with him he said but please understand you have to pardon me in this thing why because i am still serving god but in the marketplace for now i still have to be a trojan horse is somebody hearing what i'm saying now when you look at someone like daniel now elisha could have simply told him no you can't go back to the king you have not been saved you can't serve the king anymore Stay back in Israel and stay in the temple. That's what he would have said. In fact, that's what many preachers in this day and time would have said. But Elisha sent, he said, go in peace. I love the way another translation puts it. It says, maybe the God God sees your heart or something like that. You know, and now uh, you need to understand that this scripture is not to be taken out of context because many, you see, let me tell you this. A Naaman was a man that was a general. His hierarchy was very high. So, to take that kind of a man out, it will take years of work to position another person in that place of influence. Now, when Daniel, right, was in Babylon, Daniel, God did not say, no, Daniel, you cannot see Nebuchadnezzar, just like I told us last week Sunday, was not just a king. Nebuchadnezzar was a god. That's why you see those guys, they will say, you know what, they are raising up, you know, statues. And everybody should worship those statues. Why? Because they have gotten to a place where they believe that they were gods. Same with Egyptian pharaohs. They never saw themselves as kings. They never referred to them as kings. They refer to them as gods. That's why God said to Moses when he was sending him to Pharaoh, he said, I have made you a god unto Pharaoh he thinks he's a god but i have made you a god that's why moses could walk up remember 40 years before that time they were looking for moses moses was still a wanted guy they had not forgotten what they did but now moses could walk up to the palace of pharaoh and place a demand and nobody could stretch for their hand to say arrest him is somebody here so these guys were gods But you see, when God positions, and you see, every believer needs to understand this. This is why you need to grow to maturity. Because if you are not mature, and you are sent into a system, an ungodly system, right? What we refer to as a dark world in this series, right? Instead of glorifying God and changing that system, that system will change you but god's ultimate intention the only way these things can work you know i've said it you know thank god for christian TVs. thank god for you know gospel music and all those things but let me tell you the truth be told we cannot change the systems of the world by separating ourselves you cannot because when you say christian TV, who is watching it christian who do you want to save christians no so, the only way you can do that is to go into that world not as it were, see, <laughs> let me tell you this, uh, there, there, there are nations of the world that will never open to preachers, but it will open to medical doctors. It will open to engineers. That's God's original intent. You go into the, that's why he said, be as wise as a serpent, but be as gentle as a dove. A serpent can be in a place where human beings are living, and for months, it will not detect the presence of that serpent. That was what Daniel was in Babylon. That was what Joseph was, you see, in, 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 um, in Egypt. So they didn't get there and say, you know, I see me, me, I'm a Christian, me, I'm a, which meant what is what many of us do today. Me, I'm a Christian, me, I'm a Christian, you know. The moment you do that, they have already, you have already put a target on your back. They will give impossible targets to meet. Because their intention is to take you out of that system. That was what eventually happened to Daniel. But you see, Daniel had already gotten to a point whereby he could not be taken out spiritually, right? And when it came to his career, that's why the Bible says that they moved the king to make a law, a decree, right? And the king was not even conscious that they were, you know, they, they were moving him to make that law just to take Daniel out of the picture. You see, many of us, you have not, you know, you have not um, developed certain capacity in the marketplace and even spiritually. And you want to be doing things that some people are, you see, you need to be careful. Somebody get what I'm saying? Never forget you are are on assignment. You are on assignment. In that industry, you are on assignment. So, for instance, if you are, you know, let me leave that. I'll come back to it some other time. Because I've not even gone into what I really want to talk about this morning. So we said the first step to thriving in a dark world is you must have an accurate understanding of life and marketplace dynamics. You must understand how life and the marketplace works you need to understand it Proverbs 4 and verse 7 the Bible says wisdom is a principal thing therefore get wisdom and in all you're getting it says get understanding get understanding and we say you need to understand that the world is a battlefield you are either surviving or thriving in the marketplace there is no middle ground you must realize and accept that the world is a spiritual place it is a spiritual place forget about all the branding and the packaging now when I say forget I'm not saying ignore it But I'm saying don't put your attention on those things and think, oh, that is what the world is all about. No. No, it is not. No, it is not. For instance, what makes things work are not the things you see on the outside. For instance, you'll see the screens. It is not the screen itself that is making it work. It is the components behind what you are seeing that is making it work. And every one of us must understand that, that in the marketplace, what you see, the chairs, the furnitures, the ACs, the lights, right, the aesthetics, those are not the things that is is making things work. The average believer needs to understand that there is a power, there is a power behind the scene that you are not seeing that is driving things. When you see things consistently working, there is a power behind it. The Bible says everything will remain at the state of, not the Bible, the Newton law of motion. It says everything will remain at a state of rest or uniform motion except an external force acts upon it. An external force. It can be a physical force. It can be a spiritual force. But for things to move, force must be applied. Force must be applied. Force must be applied. Right? So you need to realize that. You need to realize that one of those basic things you need to understand. Right, the world is a battlefield, you are either surviving or thriving. Right, the world is a spiritual place, and you also need to realize that there is no difference between your work, right, your life at work, and your spiritual work. You need to understand that and never forget it. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. That's why when David was going to confront Goliath, he said, I'm coming to you in the name of the God of Israel. When Goliath saw David, the Bible says, He cursed him in the name of his God. They both had an understanding of the spiritual they both understand it they were not saying you see <laughs> the first thing david said was not ah i can kill you i've killed lion and bear he wasn't telling goliath that it was he told that he didn't tell david i uh, didn't tell goliath is somebody hearing what i'm saying so you need to realize that there is no difference don't create a dichotomy between you know, your work with god your spiritual work and your work in the marketplace right because a lot of times i see believers doing that erroneously they think oh it's by you know trying to uh, uh, trying to hide my identity that i will rise in the marketplace now you don't go around you know uh, uh, for instance get into the office if you have not you know raised to a particular level and you get there and you start praying you should do that before you leave your house there is a level you rise to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In the marketplace, in an office space, that if you say, you know what, today we are going to have one-hour prayer meeting, everybody will say yes, sir. Even your boss will say, ah, it is true, it is true. Whatever he says, let us do. But you have not produced any results. You have not proven yourself. You are saying, let us have prayer meeting. They will fire you before the end of that month. They will fire you. It got to a point even dario said from today nobody must worship any other god except the god of daniel but daniel didn't start out that way it didn't start out that way some of you get to the office you'll bring your bible dicks you even want to intimidate big size bible he <laughs> said let us continue the study we finish each other yesterday or where pastor stopped you now go to the office and you are preaching and the target they gave you you have not met it let me tell you this: meeting your target and exceeding it will give you more access to reaching out to your coworkers than bringing out a big fat Bible. It will It will. When Daniel produced results in a dark environment, it gave him the influence, right? not just to reach out to individuals, but to reach out to a whole nation to a whole nation, to a whole nation. It's imperative to reach out to people one-on-one. But please understand this. God's ultimate agenda is to take over the systems of this world. It's to take over the systems of this world. It's to take over the systems of this world. And so one of the things you need to realize is this. If you are going to be used by God in the marketplace, and if you are going to experience extraordinary lifting, if you are going to thrive in this dark world, right? you must not play marketplace 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 games you mustn't play it what do i mean by marketplace games you know the games (laughs) they tell you you see for you to rise in this industry you must do things this way (laughs) really Hmm. You say if you don't if you can't beat them you join them the moment you join them god cannot lift you you have to be lifted by the ones you have joined you have to that's why you must remain connected your speech this is not the time and the age that you play church no 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 no. those days are over they should be long gone that's why you say i, I think it was joshua that said as for me and my house who will serve the lord if you are for god be for god if you are not for him don't be for him you see there must be just place to be they to stand in the middle of the road Do you want to be on this side or do you want to be on the other side? Those who get crushed in the marketplace are the people who have no solid allegiance, whether to God or to the devil. So don't play marketplace games. Don't play it in the name of God understands. It doesn't understand. It doesn't understand. I can tell you categorically, it doesn't understand. You know, many people, you know, one of the games I see in this age and time, in the pursuit of greener pasture, you Know you see couples are green, whether it's the wife or the husband, they say, You go to the U.S., you know, and well, marry a white person when well, you get U.S. resident family, you will not send for us. <laughs> you know, even pastors do it in the U.S., in I... <laughs> you know, and I hear those things, and I'm just like, Wow, and you will share testimony. That's not a testimony, that's a testimony. Yeah, that because it's funny it's not real it's a lie how do you ever hold the mic and share that kind of testimony god has been good no the devil has been good to you not god because that can never you see you have already broken the principles and the standard of god so when the time somebody tells you oh let's do this it doesn't really matter and you realize that this is breaking the principles and the standard of god huh? you are beginning to play games you are beginning to play games are beginning to play games and you need to check it i have nothing against people who want to travel out but please be sure you are doing it right you can't tell me god is leading you a, to a place huh? and you have to go through shortcuts to get to that place you have to lie and falsify documents if god is sending you to the uk to canada to uk or wherever he's sending you to ah huh? it must be legal or else you are the one sending yourself there Plays games. Who say you know? When I make that money, I will sow it in church. No, we don't need that kind of money. Let your money be clean. I hear what I'm saying. God is not desperate for money. Am I making sense? Yes, How do people even have that heart? You know, people swing. Do you know? I, well, I saw that on a video, you know, uh, a couple of days ago, and somebody was asking. You know, it was a young minister's conference, and you know, they were asking a you know a senior man of God that you know, what about churches that are sponsored by Yahoo Boys? And I'm just, is that supposed to be a question? Like, as in, does that even happen for real? You know, that can never be a church sponsored by Yahoo. As in, how? of the things i do if somebody gives me something and i look at your size and the gift is bigger than your size i will call you where did you get the money where did you get this thing i don't just collect nonsense from people there are things you receive and you lose your honor alongside and the day they come to carry them they will carry you too (laughs) imagine pastor is official. If if, I see everything official, I think they are coming to worship here because there is nothing happen. But when you have collected what you should not collect, (laughs) your mother (laughs) just say for John so loved the word that he gave the only God he had (laughs) to be miscussing scriptures. Praise God. So don't falsify the figures. Don't lie to your clients and employer. Don't. Those are marketplace games. Don't join them. Don't join them. They tell you, you know, as a marketer, as a lady, your dress has to be very short and your cleavage has to show. You have to show some flesh so as to attract clients. What kind of demonic client is that? A client you attract through your cleavage and through your thighs will want more, it will demand more. Hmm. Please understand this the world is a trade center. Most of the things happening in this world is trade, it's trade, it's trade, and I'm always amazed that the average believer does not understand that. We're in a trade center, that's why uh, 20 years ago, when the terrorists wanted to get at the US, they didn't go after White House, they didn't even go after Pentagon. Where did they attack the World Trade Center? No, see, that's why the Bible says that and when the Antichrist, when his reign begins after the rapture of the church, the Bible says what the Antichrist will go after is trading. It says you will not be able to buy or sell except to receive the mark of the beast. It's trade. And so, as believers, why do we think that if you are in a world of trade because you are a believer, God wants you to get out of that world, out of that system of trade? Why do we think that? You see, when we think about the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, what God do we think about? He was a God of traders. When I say traders, as in people that went to trade it, into buying and selling. Abraham was a businessman for crying out loud. Isaac was a businessman. Jacob was a businessman. Study most of these characters in scriptures, they were career people or entrepreneurs. They were not priests in the temple. So please realize, the second thing you must understand, which is a strategy, if you are going to thrive in a dark world, is you must be extraordinarily competent. I didn't say competent. You have to be extraordinarily. You hear what I (laughs) said? You have to be what? I can't hear you. That's not everybody. You have to be extraordinarily competent. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1 verse 19 to 20. Let's have it on the screen. Daniel chapter 1 verse 19 to 20 <clears throat> Daniel chapter 1 verse 19 to 20 The Bible says and the king communed with them and among them all was found none like Daniel Hananiah Mishael and Azariah right these are the original names of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego <laughs> you see this is another thing you need to understand when they got into the Babylonian system they gave them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were Babylonian names. But he said, "No, don't change our name. Oh, we are." He said, they accepted the name, but when they wanted to refer to themselves, you never you see. Even Daniel was referred to as Belteshazzar. That was his Babylonian name. But every time Daniel will write about himself, he will say, "I, Daniel. You can call me any other name, but I know who I am." You can call us any name. No problem. We understand. Because we need to play your game. Not playing marketplace game now. We need to infiltrate this system. So whatever you like, you can call us, but we know who we are. We are still Mishael. We are still Azariah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are still Ananiah. The Bible says, therefore, they stood before the king and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all this realm. Now, when you see magicians in the Bible, don't only think about, you know, uh, Sashina Pella. What's that guy's name? What was his name? Did I get it? Sashina huh? Professor Pella. Alright, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You know, don't think of... That. No, no, no. Magicians here were referring to scientists. Because in those days, they didn't understand science. So anybody that could do something, you know, uh, they refer to them as either alchemists or they refer to them as magicians. So the Bible was saying here that Daniel and his friends, in all matters of wisdom, in all matters of science, in all matters of engineering, these guys, when we weighed our best, in the system, and we place them side by side with Daniel and his friends, they were found to be ten times better. Not two times better. Not three times better. Not four times better. But ten times better. Thank God for your tongues, but let it drive you to developing competence. The marketplace does not respect your tongues. When you have been appraised, when it is time for appraiser, there are no tongues metrics there. Oh, she can speak in tongues. Okay. Nine over ten. It's not there. It's not there. So your tongue without competence in the marketplace is useless. It's useless. You can't be praying in tongues. <laughs> Even the angels are scared when they, when they hear some tongues like machine guns. <laughs> We've not had this one before. But you get to the marketplace and you can't deliver. They have to be pursuing you with phone calls. <laughs> you are a tailor, you make a shirt one hand is longer than the other we are wondering, is this a new, is this a new design? No, because there is a new design now, you're talking one part of the shirt you leave the other, so we are wondering is this supposed to be a design, but you see all those trends does not last because it's not normal you know, it doesn't last it's okay to do it, I'm not saying it is wrong but it doesn't last, you know <laughs> so you saw a trouser pant and one leg is long the other is short, we are wondering what is happening here <laughs> the only ghost on your inside should tell you this is mediocrity this is not right redo it do it all over huh do it all over but to be offering mediocre services and to say you have the only ghost you are an embarrassment to the kingdom there's no other way to put it because if you are going to thrive in the kingdom you see the world already has people that are experts People that are good at what they are doing. So, if you are going to thrive in that system, your own, you know, level of expertise must be greater. Found to be ten times better. You see, Daniel and his friends did not have the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they were found to be ten times better. The Holy Spirit only came upon them. He didn't dwell in them. We had that privilege, right? When Jesus came, he died and he resurrected. And he says, when I'm lifted up, right? He told us that after his death and his burial and his ascension, that he will send the Holy Ghost, that he will be able to dwell on our inside. The reason why Jesus was who he was on the earth was because of the Holy Ghost. And you and I have that same spirit. His usefulness is more than praying in tongues. His usefulness is more than arousing your colleagues. His usefulness is more than being judgmental. You, you are going to hell. The way I'm looking at you. There's no heaven for you. <laughs> you know. Praise God. The only ghost has not, is not on your inside to make you a sin sniffer. Like I always say, to recognize sin in people like, ah, this one is a sinner. Am I saying that you should not correct sin in people's life? Of course you should. You should, but that's not, the, that's not the ultimate responsibility of the Holy Ghost in your life. Are we getting what I'm saying this morning? Yes, so you have to be competent. You have to be competent. You have to be, and please understand, I'm not saying you have to be skillful. Skillfulness and competence are not the same thing. Skillfulness, let me put it this way, is a specific ability that you acquire to do a job. Right? competence is a behavioral pattern that you embrace over time you see skill gives you a job competence makes you an expert they are not the same thing so that's why you might have carpenters and also have extraordinary carpenters they both have the skill of carpentry but their level of carpentry is not the same for instance, as a church, when we want to do carpentry stuff, we have two carpenters that we use in church. When we need someone that we just knock things together, we have somebody that we use. When we have somebody that we need excellence, details, uh, we have somebody. They have got carpenters, but they don't deliver the same way. And of course, their charges are not the same. Be extraordinarily competent. Competence is what separates the skillful. Hmm. You may be skillful without being competent, but you cannot be competent without being skillful. Did you hear what I said? You may be skillful without being competent, but you cannot be competent without being skillful. Goodness is the foundation. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. So how do you become competent? Very quickly, write this down. Study. Study. Hmm. You must be studious. In any industry where you want to be an expert, you must study that industry you must know the inside and the outside of that industry. You must know everything. You must have the breadth and the depth of knowledge of any industry in which you want to rise. You can't say you want to rise in banking. You want to rise in the medical sector, right? And there are basic things you don't understand. Or they mention the names of the, you know, the top people, the outliers. And you are saying, who is that? Ah. You can't be saying that. You have to study. You have to study. My pastor told me many years ago, he said, if you don't want to be stupid, commit to a lifetime of study. If you don't want to be stupid. And see, stupidity is not an insult. It's a mental state. It's lack of mental prowess. (laughs) If you don't want to be stupid, commit to a lifetime of study. A lifetime. Study happens in two ways. Formally and informally. Formally and informally. Some of us need to go back to school. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us, the last time you read things that challenged your brain, right, was the last time you wrote the paper, your last exam paper, when you were on campus. And since then, your brain has been shrinking without you knowing. I'm telling you scientifically, the less you study, the less active your brain becomes scientifically proven that's why you notice that people that are so studious people that are educated they live longer than illiterates and they look healthier go and check it these things are, they're not you know there's no moonlight those behind it study study you see and it is not just enough for you to do informal study sometimes you need to go to a structured environment to submit to yourself to the discipline of study because formal study gives credence to what you claim to know I say, I know. It's not about certification. It's about what I know. You can't go to an interview and say, I know it. How they know you know it is, you present the certificate. I studied this. I got the certificate for this. If you think the world no longer responds to certificates, you are kidding. It depends on your certificate and where the certificate is coming from. I'm going to say, I know. It. It's not about certificate. Don't believe such stupid ideas. There are places that. <laughs> Leave that for someone. See, a step upward in knowledge hmm, is a step forward in life. A step upward in knowledge is a step forward in life. If you're going to become competent, number two, practice, practice, practice. Proverbs 24 and verse 16, the Bible says, A just man falls seven times, right? But he rises up again. What does that mean? you do something you don't get it the first time you do it again you don't get it you do it again you don't get it you do it again you keep practicing until you become the best at what you do practice practice and practice proverbs 24 and verse 16 the just man falls seven times but he keeps getting back up he doesn't stay down he doesn't say it is okay whatever you consider as being okay is not okay it's not okay it's not okay. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. You see, I've noticed a problem with this generation. You know what the problem is? I want everybody to listen to him to me. Do you want to know what the problem is? People are seeking for visibility too early. They are seeking for visibility too early. If you are put under the spotlight ah, before you develop competence, you might never get the spotlight opportunity again till you die if david had missed his opportunity with goliath even though he had been anointed king he would never have smelled the throne again but what was david doing in the wilderness he had been anointed king but he went back into the wilderness what was he doing he was practicing he was practicing with the lion he was practicing with the bear so the day he saw goliath it was another practice why was saul and his armies not able to bring down goliath they had not been practicing with people of that size a beer, if you know what a beer is, a beer is bigger than a human being. And David was a teenager, he was 17, so he must have been very small of stature. So when he saw the beer, it was when he saw Goliath, it was a silver. This is another we've done this before. Many people have not developed competence, they want to, they want to associate with celebrities, they want to be known online. You are shooting yourself in the foot. You don't need that at this season of your life. You don't. You don't. Because there are places that when God positions you, if you don't deliver, that opportunity, that door is forever closed. It's forever closed. It's forever closed. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Don't seek for visibility too early. Don't crave for visibility too early. Practice and hone your skills. Develop competence. Develop competence. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, if I had 10 hours to cut down a tree, I would spend the first 7 hours sharpening my axe. Ten hours to cut down a tree. The other person will say, ah, let me start. Can I, can I? <laughs> quick, quick, crack. He said, no, seven hours. I will spend this sharpening myself. Sharpening it, sharpening it. So, the next three hours, it will be easier to cut it. Many people are not practicing. And let me tell you, practice time. Huh? is always greater than performance period. The royal Guards led us in worship this morning. It's not the time they led us that they spent in practice. Maybe for each of those songs, they spent three hours for one song. Maybe. I don't know. But they spent hours on hours. And they don't have one hour to lead us in worship every Sunday. But they spend hours. You see, that is the way life is. Many people practice for one hour. They want to perform for ten hours. You will run out of sin. You will run out of sin. If they are going to perform for one hour, you better have them practice for hundred hours. Better have practice for, you can't be given one hour to perform and your preparation is also one hour. You will run out. You will run out. Practice, practice and practice. The more you practice, the better you become. Number three, as I round up this morning, I'll stop here, we'll continue next week Sunday. It's consistency. Consistency. If you're going to be competent, right, be, <laughs> be consistent. If you're going to be competent at what you're doing, be consistent don't do one thing today do another thing tomorrow don't jump from place to place in the name of we trying to create multiple streams of income where are you supposed to be you can do other things maybe as a, as income generation stops but you must have one major thing you are focused on you must be known with something you must be known with something uh, you can't be in medical sector today. Tomorrow you are in education. Day after tomorrow you are in science and technology. Moving up and down like the devil. Because it's the devil that when God asked him, where are you coming from? He said, toe and through. Like a pendulum bulb. Be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. In his book, by uh, um, uh, The Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, in his research, he says, for you to become an expert at anything, you must have done that thing for 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. If you are going to be a competent world-class pilot, you must have flown for 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. A medical doctor, you must have been practicing. A surgeon, you must have carried out surgery for 10,000 hours. A speaker, you must have done it for 10,000 hours before you can be an expert. So what time do you have to be looking for visibility? When you have not done 10,000 hours, you will embarrass yourself, but you will not embarrass God. It's only yourself you embarrass. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning.